Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Zone Defense Podcast, and be sure to ring that bell to get post notifications. Be sure also to drop a comment down below and let us know your thoughts on today's topic. Today, Roman, Chris, and I are diving into our weekly pick'em for Week Seven of the NFL season. How's it going, guys? I'm good, Drew. There's certainly a lot to unpack here for this week, and considering our picks last week, uh, they were started out pretty good for me, but they ended up being kind of a wash. So. Hopefully I can regain this lead that uh, you kind of uh, brought back a little bit for yourself too. Yeah, I think I'm only a game back right now. So Chris, <laughs> you know, the insurmountable whatever it was lead that he keeps talking about on air and also off air. Um, it's, it's not looking too insurmountable now, Chris, is it? I mean, you were always kind of close. I just think Roman is significant. He's tanking for draft picks next year at this point because we are just so far out in front. I mean, last week was really his opportunity. I really thought, honestly – after the first few games, I was like, man, I am really, really falling apart this week. I think Roman's actually going to catch up to me. And then the late games kind of brought me back a little bit. So it was I, I think I think uh, picking Dallas is my worst pick of the of the weekend. That's for sure. Oh, that's great. Great pick, man. Oh, I picked Cleveland, so it doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah. And Jacksonville. Um, and Jacksonville. Don't forget that. And Washington. It was a rough week for you, Chris. But I don't – because, Roman, you were talking so much crap in the group chat. And as you can see on the board now, you were 7-7 seven and seven, ended up being a wash for you. So Right. I think I think there was a couple picks that were looking my way very early on, like Cincinnati and Carolina, and then they just fell apart at the end. So I wish I had those games back. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, that's enough of about last week. Let's jump into this week. Chris with the news and notes. Yeah, so we'll jump into it right now. I mean, obviously, we always start off with the injury updates. We got Miles Sanders. Uh, he he exited with a knee injury. It's kind of unclear as to what exactly it was so far, but he's supposed to miss a couple weeks. Probably will be back after the bye week, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully, he's back for their sake. They definitely need him. But uh, then we got uh, a lot of uh, a lot of different ankle sprains here. We got uh, Zach Ertz, Johnny Smith, Mark Ingram, Raheem Mostert. It sounds like Johnu's is probably the least significant injury i think he i don't think he's going to miss much miss much time uh same with ingram i don't think he's going to miss a lot but Mostert and uh Ertz are supposed to miss multiple weeks so t- tough losses for them there uh baker mayfield also i mean he looked horrendous honestly from because he was already coming into the week with some rib issues or something like that from last week taking a couple hard hits but uh i think he's kind of just pretty much the same thing i haven't really seen any updates on him but he's still, he definitely uh he was hobbled i saw him Take a couple big shots. He got replaced late in the game, so it remains to be seen if he's going to play this week. And then the, the most significant injuries are uh, middle linebacker Devin Bush and Taylor Lewan, offensive lineman, both for their ACLs. They're both going to be out for the season, which tough losses for both the Steelers and the Titans. They're uh, probably the best offensive lineman on the Titans and then the best linebacker. Uh, actually, that's debatable because T.J. Watt's still it. But uh, Devin Bush, a very good linebacker on the Pittsburgh Steelers' great defense. So, uh Roman, any of these you want to really, really dive into? I know we kind of, it seems like we're talking about a new uh, Eagles injury every week, but I think now it's going to get to the point where, although it's going to be an easy division to win, that Philadelphia can potentially get a couple games and win the division under 500. But I think losing Sanders and Ertz for at least the next two or three weeks is going to be even more of a loss to them. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil the pick for this Thursday night matchup, but it's going to be closer than what people think. Yeah, I uh, def- definitely true there. Um, I just saw, I, I had a little pause there is because I just saw uh, Deshaun Jackson is as I it's crazy. I literally went on my phone and saw Deshaun Jackson is expected to play, so at least they have him back. Alshon is probably also going to miss another week. Who knows when that dude is actually going to step on the field? Because I feel like it's been five different weeks where he's been limited in practice, but he just continues to not play. I guess which is it's kind of crazy, but hopefully they can get a little healthier and, and win this soft division. But we'll go ahead and jump into the next one. Uh, this one is uh, definitely something that we all need to talk about here. Uh, Tua is now going to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins after the bye week in week seven. He's going to be replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is actually playing pretty well. Um, I'll give you my thoughts before I'll let uh, Drew jump in and then Roman. Uh, Tua, I mean, this is obviously this is it was an inevitable move at some point this season. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing really well, but this is a team that didn't expect to compete. They're three and three. I don't really think they've had this the hardest schedule so far. I don't think this is a real true playoff contender. So I think this is a smart move just to see what they can get out of two of this year. Um, maybe not the smartest move to have him play the uh, the Rams in his first matchup because he has to take on Aaron Donald, which is kind of brutal for him. But uh, I mean, he's going to get hit at some point. So you kind of, 
you kind of have to, you have to play him at some point. But uh, I think the offense will be pretty similar. I think to a, I think he's going to take some deep shots, like, kind of like Rick Fitzpatrick did. He's he's more accurate. Clearly, he's obviously the better prospect. Um, he's not. I would say he's probably about as mobile as Fitzpatrick, but he doesn't run as much. So it's going to be interesting to watch a lefty quarterback start for the first time in a while. But uh, Drew, what are your thoughts on the two of them? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised about it at first just because, as you said, the Dolphins have a good record. And as we've kind of seen with the Buffalo Bills, they are not looking as um, insurmountable and as dominant as they did through the first four weeks. They've looked really, really bad, honestly, the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think Miami has a legit chance at maybe making a run at the division, maybe make sneaking into the playoffs. Um, but at the same time, if you think about it, I mean, what does that really get them? I mean, it doesn't. They end up nine and seven with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, is that really going to get them anywhere in the future? Probably not. Um, I mean, you drafted Tua for a reason. We've already seen this year how many, how good the rookie quarterbacks have looked in uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So um, it sounded like, by the sounds of it, for me, it sounded like the coaching staff more so wanted to keep Fitzpatrick because the coaching wants to um, obviously wants to win games. And the front office was more looking long term. Said, "Hey, we want Tua here." And obviously, eventually, the front office won. Um, I do think it would have been better for Tua to start this past week though against the Jets. I mean, I know they get the bye week, which kind of makes sense but at the same time going in against the rams um that's that's a really tough task for any quarterback let alone in your first actual start so kind of tough for two but at the same time i do understand it and i think Miami's going to be a, a formidable force here probably as soon as next season yeah, yeah i agree with that apparently this was supposed to be the plan the entire time to start two after mm -hmm. the bye but i'm not sure if they accounted for actually being um decent three and three in one game behind the division leader um so in that sense, it definitely looks uh, to be a confusing move considering that Fitzpatrick has played very well. But obviously, we all knew that this was going to happen eventually, um, and they want to get him in as early as possible. Um, and especially with a, a leader like Fitzpatrick, you know he's going to be behind him every step of the way. He was really excited for him when Tua got the last drive of last week's matchup. So, uh, And also, we have a bunch of rookie matchups match between Tua Herbert and Tua Burrow to look forward to. Right. And then obviously for Fitzpatrick, you got to look at what his career is going to look like. Obviously now people want to uh, put him in different trade talks, maybe one to Dallas because of how Andy Dalton played, but he's definitely have a lot of value. So um, if he gets moved, then he'll probably help another team. I've heard a rumor also about maybe Cleveland might be looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, this was more of just a very just kind of out there rumor because I guess the fan base is really done with Baker Mayfield. It sounds like the front office there is most likely not going to do it. But um, I think that's kind of interesting, too, that they're already the fans in Cleveland are already done with Baker Mayfield, even though he hasn't been I mean, he hasn't looked great this year, but he has been awful. But um, I do kind of like the idea of Fitzpatrick. I kind of like I think I feel like Fitzpatrick's in a win win situation. Either he's a good kind of father figure for Tua, kind of like Alex Smith was for Mahomes, or he gets traded in, to a potential playoff team um, and can sneak a team in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I agree with that as well. Um, with uh, what you said about kind of Baker Mayfield, uh, it, it's kind of crazy, though, that he, he came in as such a prolific passer, and now he really just can't even complete a pass. It's kind of uh, insane. And their pass blocking has been a lot better this year, too. They're, they're up in the top five, I believe, in pass block efficiency and a couple other metrics as well, and he's still bad just as inaccurate. So I think I think Baker's going to lose a starting job before I – don't, I don't think he's going to be around for that much longer if he keeps playing like this personally. That's I said this on our preview episode too, that look out maybe Case Keenum. And, I mean, I know he's older, but when he was under Kevin Stefanski – in Minnesota, he was an MVP candidate. I know you guys laughed at me, but seriously, go back to 2017. There are several articles out there making the case, okay, Keenum's a dark horse MVP candidate because he led the Vikings, of course, the Minneapolis Miracle. They got absolutely destroyed in the NFC Championship game by the Eagles that year. But, mm. I mean, he's still a good he's, – he's I don't know if he's still as good as he was that year. Maybe it was kind of a one-hit wonder kind of thing. But, um, as you said, Chris, Baker just – he. He lacks that accuracy, I feel like, and the confidence that he showed his rookie year. Um, I do think he's he's a step up though above from how he played last year, but that's really honestly not can't really not say, saying that much. Say much. No. Yeah. I mean yeah. they're winning more games, but I mean if you looked at him last week, that would that looked like old last year personally. I mean, I picked him I picked him to win because I thought that their offense would hang. He he basically just shot them in the foot in that game. So I mean he does have the rib injury too. Yeah, you, you're right. He does like kind of like. And he me. got. Did you see that he got throttled too? He got absolutely yeah, he destroyed. 
right in the ribs towards the end of the first half. Right. So that's that. right. They took it, they took him out like a little yeah. while later or whatever and put Keenum in. But uh, it remains to be seen if he's going to keep the starting job all year and if he's their quarterback in the future. We'll really have to see about that. But uh, jump into another player that's making uh, he's going to be making his debut this week this week for Kansas City. It's uh, Le'Veon Bell, running back. Uh, I mean, it, it, expectations for him are early in the like. I guess earlier in his tenure in Kansas City are that he's kind of going to get worked in as a backup. I really don't ex- after after watching Clyde Edwards play last week. I don't expect Bell to start at any point this season unless Clyde goes down with an injury. He looked ridiculously good last week. Uh, I mean, they they kind of just ran all over the Bills. I get that their offensive line was playing well, but he was clearly their best back. And I think I don't think Bell is that incredible anymore. He's definitely an upgrade from Daryl Williams and the rest of the back. Darwin Thompson, who can't hold on to the football, feel like he fumbles every game. He did last game, but he he did a couple other times this year. So Bell's going to take both their roles. I think he's going to get more snaps, but I think it's going to be kind of he's going to be worked in slowly this week, and then maybe a little bit more ramped up in his revenge game against the Jets. But uh, Roman, what do you think about Bell and the Kansas City Chiefs as a whole? Yeah, they're obviously a better team with Bell, but I think this move affects, like you said, Thompson and Williams more than it does Clyde. And we saw um, Andy Reid come out, I think, just before their Monday night game, saying that Clyde is the starter. There's no competition here. But obviously, Bell would be that 1A, 1B kind of uh, relationship I kind of expect it to be. Ultimately, though, Clyde has been playing out of his mind, uh, despite lacking some touchdowns, which he could have had on Monday, but one was called back for holding. But obviously, I... Obviously, this makes it, this team that much better, but um, Clyde should be the starter moving forward. I, I can kind of see a situation like we saw in Cleveland before Chubb went down with the injury where it's kind right. of like Chubb is clearly the number one guy, but Hunt still also gets a lot of work. I could see that happening here in Kansas City because I know you mentioned it, Chris. Love is not as good as he used to be, and that's probably the truth. That's probably the truth, but at the same time, I mean – how much can you take away from him playing in that New York Jets offense under Adam Gase? I mean, right. you really haven't seen him in an actual NFL caliber offense since was it 2017 before he held out. So, um, I mean, I, 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 I'm optimistic that Bell is going to be pretty good. Um, and I think they're going to use him uh, effectively. And um, I, I, I do think Clyde's, he's not going to be as like the, just a, four down back kind of like he is. I mean, I guess he's not the four down back at the moment, but he's not going to be, he's not going to have as many touches as he does right. at the moment. Um, sure, I think yeah. that a little bit, but um, I still think Clyde, as you said, Roman, he's, he's looked really good, especially that last game against Buffalo. Um, and I, I do think a lot of teams are going to look at that game script and think that's how we have to beat Kansas city. Like we just have to make, we can't have Mahomes beat us. We're going to have to try to have him beat us. So I think Clyde is still going to get a lot of touches, even if bell also has a lot of touches. Yeah, I could see a situation where where Clyde is around the 15 to 18 touch range and Bell is towards the 8 to 10 touch range, but catching maybe three or four passes a game, maybe getting some goal line work as well. I absolutely could see a situation like that. I think Bell is going to have a role more prominent than Daryl Williams because he's a much better player than Williams. Yeah. And- it's it's good for the team for sure. It's it, and for fantasy purposes for Clyde, I wouldn't be freaking out. For Bell, I'm kind of joined i guess with the actual fantasy community and maybe you should be trying to shop him and get something for him because i don't think he's going to be really fun to play and like he's a fine depth piece but i don't think he's someone you really want to get in your lineup every week if he's not getting a ton of touches but uh i guess we can kind of go back on his former team adam gase when do we think he's going to be fired i mean i think it's just a matter of time but at the same time i also like if he hasn't been fired already after that Miami game, I mean, I feel like I said this every week. If he hasn't been fired after this week, if he hasn't been fired after this week, he sh- they're they're never going to fire him at least this year. I think they're just going to try to get the first pick, and it kind of leads into the next thing with Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I guess we're going to kind of group these together because I think they're a lock to get the first overall pick, and I I would be surprised they win a single game the rest of the year. They play Miami one more time. Besides that, the rest of their schedule is really hard. So I. Will be abs- I will be stunned if they keep a game within 10 points the rest of the season, to be honest. This team is absolute – it's a dumpster fire. And Adam Gase is one of the worst coaches in NFL history, maybe the worst coach in NFL history. This guy absolutely sucks. He can't do anything. <laughs> they traded their best player. I mean, they, they, they cut their best player on the team, who really isn't even that crazy good anymore. So that just kind of tells you all you need to know about that roster, that they've just really stripped it down to the bare bones. And it's just an absolute joke. But Drew, what do you think is going to happen with Adam Gase? Where do you think Trevor Lawrence is going to end up going? 
Uh, I mean, first of all, I think it's just kind of a health situation at the moment. Like, I mean, we kind of saw last week, I mean, the Jets just weren't even trying. And I mean, the, someone's going to get hurt. So if people just don't care, I mean, we, I know it's easy to forget when we're still watching the NFL and things kind of feel a little bit um, normal at times, at least, but we are still in the middle of a pandemic. And I think if people just don't care and are just kind of going out there and don't even give a crap about the games, we could see an issue there pop up with the Jets. Um, and I think, if Gase gets fired, obviously nobody likes him in, in the uh, in the locker room. If Gase gets fired, I think that is the one way they do win a game this year. Um, we saw it both with uh, Houston and Atlanta. The coach gets fired, a little juice in the room. They pull off a big victory. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Chris, we feel, it feels like we're saying this every week. Like, oh, he's got to get fired now. He's got to get fired now. And if it hasn't happened yet, um, it's hard to see how it's going to happen. And if you and maybe the Jets are thinking, you know what? There's many game, There's many teams that could maybe only win one or two games. Maybe if they fire Gase, get an actual NFL coach in there, maybe they do win a few games and miss out on the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So maybe they're thinking, hey, with Gase, we're guaranteed to lose games. This is our best chance to get Trevor Lawrence. Maybe that's their maybe that's their goal. But at the same time, if you're, if you're thinking about in an actual football perspective, not in a tanking perspective, you got to get Adam Gase out of there like right now. I, I absolutely agree, and they, they do have an intern uh, interim coach they could go to, and Greg Williams, who's oh, uh, been interim for Cleveland, so he's not necessarily uh, he doesn't necessarily have any uh, experience, but obviously you want to move forward with a new head coach in the next season or so. Um, but obviously, if you're going to get the first pick, you don't want Gase or Greg Williams to be the head coach for Trevor Lawrence because then his career is going to be potentially be over before it even starts. So. Um, he deserves to get fired, and I don't know why they haven't done it yet. I, I right. do like their front office, though. Um, <clears throat> they got Joe Douglas in there. I think like he's, he's a reasonable, kind of smart GM kind of guy, um, and he just kind of inherited Gase, and it doesn't seem like he wants Gase anymore. Um, also, I don't know if you guys saw the tension between Gase and Greg Williams, too. I mean, that's like they were going at each other in the media. Um, so right, I, yeah, if, yeah. if Gase gets fired, I can imagine Williams might also get fired. However... He was not that bad as an interim coach for Cleveland, I will admit. Um, He's a terrible defensive coordinator, though. His defense is suck, and he plays dirty. He's one of my least favorite coaches in the league, too. He isn't even that much but, better than yeah. that, is, that is true, and he did have his role yes. in Bounty Gate as well. We can't yes. forget, but obviously uh, when he was with Cleveland, they won a couple games. They had a little spark, but obviously he is dirty, and um, he, just, he just happens to be the next in line. It's not like they're going to go out for – uh, and hire a new coach midseason. So I can I can see a world though because of all the drama that Williams is also kind of created that they just clean house completely and fire sure. both of them. Yeah. Um, because I do think Douglas is respected. I think he is a decent GM. I mean, Makai Becton has looked okay so far. That was their that was their first round pick this year. Um, and uh, I, I do think though that's kind of on the bright side for the Jets. I think because Douglas is respected, um, I think that uh, they could attract maybe a, a decent coach. I mean, New York's still a big market, right? And mm -hmm. if you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick, assuming he doesn't pull an Eli Manning and say, hey, I want to get traded, I'm not playing for the Jets, um, it, could be, it could be really, really good. And, and the Jets could be an, an actual football team here sooner than most people think. We'll, we'll have to see what they do with Darnold and the next uh, couple first-round picks they got from the Jamal Adams deal to know how uh, legit they'll be if they have Trevor Lawrence and how they'll mold the team around him. But um, that's on Douglas, as you mentioned, Drew, and uh, hopefully he gets it done and makes uh, some good moves out of it. They should, they should trade, they should trade Crowder. They should trade Darnold. I mean, th those are two guys they could probably get at least some picks or some players for. Quentin Williams is on the, on yeah. the block. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the next couple of years. Ah, uh, as as kind of we were talking kind of for the second time of the episode, I happened to go on my phone yet again and see that uh, Roddy White, uh, former All Pro wide receiver, is recommending literally as we were talking about that Trevor Lawrence, if the Jets get the first overall pick, that he should stay in school for another year. And honestly, I don't offer that. I wouldn't be absolutely stunned if it happens. I I, I mean, there's just so much money there on the table, and I feel like. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he could be the savior of one of the biggest franchises in the NFL and the Jets. I mean, they're as bad as they are, they're still leading ESPN's get up and first take. They're always on the top because they're in such a big market. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets, and we said the same thing about Sam Darnold, so who knows? Um, but I mean, I don't. Darnold's put in an unwinnable situation with Adam Gase. Um, mm -hmm. But Lawrence has potential to be like. 
the savior of New York. And that's that's got to be enticing, right, to some to a, a young kid. It's got to be. Yeah, definitely does for sure. I guess we'll just kind of have to – it remains to be seen. I mean, there's still a lot of games left. Maybe the Jets, um, they get a forfeit or something against them. They win a couple games <laughs> that way. Um, but we'll, it remains to be seen what exactly will happen. It's going to be fun to watch, though, for sure. But uh, I guess lastly we have here is uh, like an early look at the playoff picture. I guess I kind of want to spin this in a different direction because I'm more interested in like teams that you uh, – a team from each conference that you think – that is not really in the playoff picture quite yet, I guess, or kind of on the outside looking in that you think will actually make the playoffs. Cause you have your, your locked chiefs, Seahawks, uh, I mean, Packers, probably bucks. Uh, you got teams like, like the Ravens, the bills, those teams are all going to make the playoffs, but uh, a team that I kind of want to address. I mean, they're, they're very close to playoff contention right now, but it's the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they, they've looked, Really good in four of six weeks. It looked really bad in two other weeks. It's still really unsure of what this team actually is. They haven't had a super tough schedule so far, but I think this is a playoff team. I mean, they, they got a tough schedule coming up. They play Seattle two of their next four games, I believe, and uh, it's really going to be a test for them. Uh, I, I'm excited to watch it, but I think this is a team that's going to sneak into the playoffs and maybe make some noise with that offense. They looked really good. And their defense without Chandler, Chandler Jones was pretty respectable against the hapless, helpless Andy Dalton, but uh, Drew, I'd like to get your opinion on, on a team that you think will make the playoffs that is not currently, I guess, a favorite to make it. Well, I'll start with the AFC real quick. Um, I honestly think so. The seven teams that are in right now, you got Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, Indianapolis. Those seven, I think, are going to be the seven that end up making the playoffs. I, you, I look at New England, uh, Miami, obviously, we don't really know what's going on. On there, Denver has too many injuries. Las Vegas, they're interesting, but I also don't see them being better than any of the seven teams I already mentioned. So I think the AFC is pretty much set, barring anything unforeseen. Um, I don't believe in Houston at all. They're a bad football team. <laughs> NFC though, there's some spots up for grabs, and sure I'm gonna is. go pretty on. I'm gonna go pretty on brand here because um, if you remember going back to our NFC North episode, I was adamant that a certain team that wears a certain Honolulu blue. Um, would sneak into the playoffs. And I looked like a fool there. I looked like a fool at the beginning. And do, do I think it do I think it makes sense for the long-term future of this franchise? Talking about the Lions, of course, um, for them to go and make a push for the playoffs? No. I think they should fire Matt Patricia immediately. However, they have a very winnable schedule. Outside of playing Green Bay and Tampa Bay, they could easily win. And maybe Indianapolis, but even Indianapolis, we saw they almost lost to Cincinnati. Do we really believe in Indianapolis anymore? I don't know. They can win realistically every one of their games, and they could sneak in at 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, and sneak into the playoffs. Is it going to happen? Probably not. I did like a lot what I saw against Jacksonville last week, but at the same time, it is Jacksonville. Um, I do like the Lions. More realistically, though, a team that's outside looking in at the moment. I do kind of like San Francisco a little bit. Maybe they get healthy. Maybe they sneak in. Um, and I also think that uh, – give me some New York Giants love here. I mean, I think they could maybe overtop and, and get in over the Eagles and the Cowboys. The NFC East is an absolute crap show. Um, I don't know. That's just a joke of a, of a division. I, I honestly think probably the Eagles are probably the more realistic team. Yeah, that, that was what I, I thought about. Um, but uh, the Giants, I mean, they are the healthiest of the four. No, they, they NFC lost <laughs> Outside I, of Saquon. And their defense, their defense is not awful. It's not good, but it's pretty average. I, so, I, th I think the Giants are an interesting team for sure because I, I look at them as probably the most cohesive team in the division right now because obviously Philadelphia has so many injuries. Dallas – it's uh, just a it's just they, don't have, they don't have the chemistry yet with Dalton. At least you have uh, a good wide receiver quarterback connection with Slayton and Jones, and even a, a decent running back in Freeman. So the defense uh, is not I, awful. Although, although they're definitely a long shot to even make the playoffs, let alone the division. I it's certainly possible, especially with what this division has done so far. And just to touch on the NFC as a whole, obviously the the seedings as of right now, it's Seattle, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Green Bay. Arizona, like you touched on, Chris, and then L.A. Um, the two teams I I think that can make it that are out are New Orleans, obviously. They're yeah. just one game back. Yeah. Um, they're going to contend for the division by the end of the year. We know that already. 
And kind of like you said, Drew, it's not out of the possibility of Detroit making the playoffs. I, yeah. I do think that this next stretch of games is going to be quite favorable. Um, although they are behind Carolina and San Francisco, they've been very interesting so far, but I'm not really expecting anything serious. Although we did think San Francisco was done for after those big injuries, but although they've made, they've proved some people wrong with a couple good wins. So don't, uh, don't you know consider them out yet. And then when you said the Patriots were out in the AFC, I, I disagree because obviously they're under 500 for the first time in what seems like forever, but I, I just can't count out Bill Belichick. Newton knows he has to be better. And especially with Buffalo kind of faltering a little bit, they haven't locked up the division either. So I do think New England has a chance at the playoff race as well as the playoffs. Yeah, there's there's a chance with New England. Um, I think of the AFC teams out at the moment, they're them in Vegas are probably the two most likely to sneak in. However, like I said, though, I just don't like them. Even Buffalo, I know they haven't looked great, but they look so good to start the year. And, and I mean, it's not like they played scrubs. They played Tennessee and Kansas City, two of the best teams in the NFL. So I just don't love them over any of those teams. However, like you said, never count out Belichick. And they kind of were in a weird position this past week with COVID and everything, and they weren't super prepared. But um, as you'll see by my picks later in a second, um, I do very much like New England and like their chances. Yeah. And, and Buffalo and New England will play each other next week. So we'll really know how these two teams yeah. stack up yeah. against each other. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game for sure. Could have some big uh, big implications down the line. But I, I think that's enough about the news and notes. I say we get into the pickums, Drew. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, we're going to start off here with the Thursday night matchup between the Giants and the Eagles, two teams we just got done talking about. Potentially sneaking in the playoffs there. Dallas is an absolute dumpster fire. Um, they don't like Mike McCarthy. Um, the defense is just like, we don't feel prepared. Our coaching staff sucks. And whenever your players come out and say that, you're probably not going to win many games. So this could be for the divisional crown. You hear it here first. And it's on Thursday Night Football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. So here we go. Uh, Giants-Eagles. Giants going off their first win of the season. Eagles coming off a impressive second half against the Ravens almost snuck out a victory um, but because I want to I always have Roman start off with the Lions game we'll have Chris start off with this game yeah um this is definitely an interesting game I could see the Giants making the upset with all the injuries in uh, Philly but it's home I think this is a game that Philly can win I'm gonna pick them in this one in in what I expect to be a closer game than I did kind of at the when I highlighted the schedule I guess earlier in the year. This is a game I probably expected Philly to win by considerable amount. Now I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Philly gets the job done. Yeah, regardless of Philadelphia playing the Giants, this is going to be the toughest game for Philadelphia's roster all season. They've they've lost their bare minimum weapons, and they do have Fulgham, which I I'm very happily uh, happy he's performing well because he was a former Lion, of course. And then they have a bunch of mediocre players to work with. They have Boston Scott, who I think will have a good game, as well as Richard Rodgers, who you know hasn't done anything recently, but he's there. So they have to make weapons with what they have. So, um, But I'm going to go with the Giants just because of what I said earlier, of how they're more cohesive as a team, and it will be a pretty close game. That was the okay. ultimate. That was the ultimate just swerve there because you were talking about how great the Eagles were, and then that was something I would do. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm going with the Eagles. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game, though, and I do cont- yeah. I, I'm do. i not going to bash your pick, Roman, because I could see the Giants winning this game. Um, however, the reason why I think the Giants could sneak into the playoffs is because I think Wentz is eventually going to get injured because it's just what he does. And I think when that time, ha- when that time comes, that's when they're going to sneak into the playoffs. But um, anyway, we're going to do our next game here, Lions and the Falcons. Uh, Lions coming off a very dominating victory over the Jaguars. The Falcons, of course, pulled off their first victory victory against the Vikings last week. Uh, so, Roman, who you got here? This is going to be a much tougher game for Detroit, to say the least. Um, Atlanta put up 40 last week against a, 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 a decent Minnesota defense. And I knew I should have picked the Falcons to win last week for the same reason I picked Atlanta uh, picked Houston to win their first game. Um, but, however, I will go with Detroit because I do think they have the better um, cohesiveness as an offense right now. And the defense had a very – very good game last week, and I hope they keep it up. But it will yeah, be a I mean, game. I mean, for me, uh, I'm not gonna trash it, but I'm I'm picking the Falcons. In this oh, what a surprise! What a surprise! Um, they're home. Uh, both teams did look impressive last week. I will say for their records, both teams looked good last week. The Lions have a very real chance of winning this game, but it's in Atlanta. I thought the Falcons played 
one of the most impressive games by a team all year. They absolutely down. I know that the score was a little closer than uh, than the actual game was indicated, but they were absolutely destroying Minnesota. Minnesota had a lot of garbage time points. Their defense played well. They got some pressure on Kirk Cousins. They forced him into a couple mistakes. I think he had three interceptions in the game. And and their offense played well as well. Julio Jones looked good, and he's back. It seems healthy. So I, I'm going with Atlanta. They need this win. I think they're going to get it. Yeah, I think this is actually – I mean, I know last week we made fun of how the Lions-Jaguars game, nobody watched it, and that's probably true. I think this is actually going to be a pretty entertaining yeah. game. Um, I, I think these are two teams that are both kind of in desperate need of wins, obviously. Still probably have some belief that they're playoff teams. Um, and I think I think the Lions are ultimately going to win just because I think their defense is, is better than Atlanta's. Um, of course, as we Not just mentioned – we found out before we started recording, Agora is um, not going to be playing this week. But uh, I do think that they have a little bit better defense, and I think they're going to be able to limit Atlanta enough um, to get Detroit the victory. It's going to be interesting, though, because these are two teams that are notorious for blowing fourth-quarter leads. So, <laughs> like, what's going to happen here? It's going to be interesting. A, a tie. It's a tie. going to happen. It's going to be a tie. Yeah. It's just, yeah. They're both – Yeah. <laughs> Um, it'll be interesting to see, though. Uh, next up, another entertaining game. These two teams met earlier in the year um, in an entertaining Thursday night matchup. Uh, it's the Browns and the Bengals, two teams that also had really bad weeks last week. The Bengals had a huge lead on the Colts and let it go away and ultimately lost that game. And the Browns got absolutely destroyed um, by the Pittsburgh Steelers after a lot of people were hype, including Chris and honestly myself, um, on their uh, chances of maybe being one of the best teams in the league. But, Chris, who you got, Browns or Bengals? Yeah, I'm extremely annoyed with the, the Browns showing, absolutely pathetic showing last week. And for that reason, I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals in this one. This is a swerve pick from about two seconds ago that I just realized I was going to make. They, I thought, see, you said they were disappointing, but I thought the Bengals looked incredibly good last week. I think Joe Mixon went down with the injury for a little bit. The game kind of flipped right after that, I thought. And then the Colts kind of turned it around the second half. He came back, and they, they kind of righted the ship, but weren't able to get the job done at the end. But uh, I thought they played well last week. They were playing a much better team in the Colts. It's a very similar team in the Cleveland Browns, but they looked horrible last week. Who knows if Baker's even playing? O OBJ looked pretty miserable last week, too. I think I think Cincinnati can win this game. I I expected uh, Cleveland to lose last week, so I'm not totally surprised of how they performed. And obviously, Baker is hurt, so you can't really do anything about that. And just to touch on that uh, that first matchup that they had, I kind of said that I would pick Cleveland to win that game, but Cincinnati to win eventually down the line. Although, I kind of have a change of heart. I will go with Cleveland um, just because of how that defense had their way with Joe Burrow the first time, and I think they'll do um, more damage to him again. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can definitely see a world where the Bengals end up winning this game um, because they, they all, honestly, I mean, they almost won last time these two teams played. Um, but I, I just think this is the definition of a get-right game for Cleveland. Um, I, I don't, I don't well, I obviously don't love Cincinnati's defense. Um, I think Cleveland, outside of the quarterback position, is still a good team. I think Kareem Hunt is due for, is going to have a monster game against the Bengals, and he had a big game um, last week or last time these two teams played, um, and that was with Nick Chubb. So I think he's going to have a huge game here now that Chubb is also injured, um, and I think the Browns are ultimately going to win the game. Um, next up, we got the Steelers and the Titans, um, a really entertaining matchup, two undefeated teams. Um, the Titans – it probably made the game of the week last week against the Texans and the Steelers, as I mentioned earlier, absolutely destroyed uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so Roman, um, you have Steelers or Titans. This is probably the game of the week, but two undefeated teams going up against each other. Both were outstanding last week. Tennessee, I think has been above our expectations for sure, because neither, uh, neither of us picked them to win the division before the season. So I think they're definitely uh, Tannehill especially is proving everyone wrong in terms of he can continue the high play he was at last year. However, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh because they have the better defense. And although they are going to have a big challenge with Derrick Henry, I think once they handle him, it should be pretty straightforward from there. And I do think it, it will be another high scoring game like these both like these teams both had last week. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be a really good game. Obviously, like like Roman said, probably the game of the week as well. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in this one. I thought they looked more impressive than the Titans. I think the Titans are, while they've played very well, I don't think they're quite on the level as Pittsburgh in terms of being undefeated. I think Pittsburgh's looked a lot more dominant in their undefeated record. But Tennessee could definitely win this game. I think it's going to be I'm, – I'm interested to see who Drew picks here because he has the chance to steal a game for both me and Roman here because I think this is more of a toss. He, 
he did pick Ten- he did pick Tennessee last time before he got rescheduled. So I'm wondering if he'll do that again. I'm doing there it again. It um, yes, yeah, so last <laughs> week I played I played it safe. I think I was the only person. I made up a lot of ground, um, but I also was the only person to not uh, like pick a team by myself. I was always with somebody else and picking a team or we all pick the same team. So I'm gonna take a bit of a chance here and go with the Titans. Um, the loss to Taylor Lewan does worry me, but the loss of Devin Bush on the Pittsburgh defensive side, I think will limit the effect, at least in this game that Lewan will have. Um, and you mentioned it guys, Tan Hills looked really good. Derek Henry was an absolute monster last week. Um, and I, I really like what I see from this Titans team and um, the Steelers, I haven't been. I mean, I was impressed last week, but I really was have not been impressed before last week's performance. So, um, if, if they win this week, though, I think they're definitely for real. Obviously, I mean, six to zero, you got to be for real when you're at that point. Um, right. Next up, not as entertaining of a game: uh, Jaguars and Chargers. Uh, Jaguars got absolutely destroyed by the Lions. That should tell you all you need to know about Jag- the Jacksonville Jaguars outlook on the rest of the season. Uh, Gardner Minshew does not look good. Um, they're probably very upset they won that one game and kind of missed out on the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Uh, and then the Chargers are coming off the bye. Justin Herbert's still looking to get his first win. Um, Chris, who you think? Do uh, you think Herbert's going to get the win, or do you think the Minshew Mania returns? Yeah, I'm going with Herbert and the, the Chargers in this one. I think that he gets the job done. He's looked really good so far. Their defense has also looked pretty solid. They should have beaten New Orleans to kind of choke that game away. That's kind of been the recipe for success is they really get the job done for about three and a half quarters and then yeah. kind of fall apart at the end of the game. Or maybe not even fall apart, just let up the lead, I guess, because they're just not quite up to the, the level of some of these other teams that are playing. But uh, I think this is a, a get-right game for them off the bye. I'd be very surprised if they lose this game. I think they're going to win by a convincing way, at least. Yeah, I, I agree. Herbert's been really good up until this point, and although he hasn't have a win to show for it, he'll get one this week against a struggling Jaguars team. Who knows how much uh, Chalk will progress this week? He barely played last week against Detroit, so we'll see how uh, he progresses. But I do think uh, the Chargers have a much better offense, and they're going to be firing at all cylinders after their bye week. Yeah, I'm really surprised that Herbert hasn't won a game because, I mean, everyone just is in love with them. And when I, I remember I was reading something and I saw, oh, hey, Herbert has still hasn't won a game, but it's just because they play so well, like you said, Chris, for three and a half quarters and they just fall apart. Uh, happened against the Saints, happened against the Chiefs. Um, it just happens, feels like every time for this team. But I think hopefully um, this is also maybe a get-right game for them, especially off the bye, they can finally get a win against Jacksonville. Um, up next, we got a surprising team and a disappointing team. Uh, the surprising team is the Panthers, who are coming off a loss against the Bears, but for the most part have surprised many. They're in the playoff hunt. A lot of people thought they don't. A lot of people thought they'd only win three games um, the, for the entire season, and uh, they've already won three games here um, in, after Week Six. Uh, and then you got the Saints, a little disappointing. Currently out of the playoffs. Many people, including myself, thought they'd be Super Bowl contenders. Still a little bit disappointing, though. Um, anyway, regardless of that, though, Roman, do you have the surprising Panthers or the disappointing Saints maybe getting right in this game? I, I have the Saints winning this game, and I just think it comes down to coaching. I know Sean Payton's more of a mastermind. And although we have seen Matt Rule dial up some nice plays, some some good coaching schemes so far in this season, um, New Orleans is outmatched, or uh, Carolina's outmatched in their coaching. And, and Tim, uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a few mistakes that kind of cost them the game last week against Chicago. I kind of expect the same thing to happen at some point. So I have new Orleans. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, I'm going to take the, the saints in this one, but this is a revenge game for Teddy Bridgewater, a chance for him to beat his former team. Uh, I'm excited to watch him. I do really like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm kind of an apologist for him. I don't think he's some superstar, but I think he's a, a decent quarterback at least. But I, uh, uh, the impact of having Michael Thomas back, at least he should be back this week for the New Orleans Saints, is really going to open up the offense. I think this is a game where their offense it has a has a kind of a a get right game, I guess at least. Their defense has been, I mean, it's been all right. I think they're going to give up some points still, but I think the offense is is for real this week. Yeah, as long as uh, Michael Thomas doesn't punch anybody in practice uh, the next few days, uh, we'll see him hopefully against the Panthers this week. But, um, yeah, I I agree. I think the Saints are also going to win this game. I think it's going to be really close, though, because the Panthers are um, a good team. They play hard, and I I do kind of agree, Chris. I didn't even think about the Teddy Bridgewater revenge uh, revenge, uh, angle to this game, Um, but I do do like Bridgewater. I think he's a quality quarterback. I think he's playing himself. A lot of people thought the Panthers would go after Lawrence or Justin Fields, um, but I think Bridgewater is kind of playing himself into the long-term future there for Carolina and Matt Rule. 
Uh, next up, do I even need to talk about this game, or can we just no, put our picks in? No, okay. no let's just put our picks in. I don't really have anything to say about this game. It's going to be brutal. We already, we already trashed on the Jets enough earlier, um, so I think uh, we can just put our picks in. Uh, the Bills, this is the definition of a get-right game. They have not looked good the last two weeks, um, and now they get to play the Jets. Hopefully they get right. Or if they lose the Jets somehow, some way, or if it's a close game, then it's time to hit the panic button if you're yeah. Buffalo fans. Uh, next yeah. up, we got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Washington football team. Uh, Washington almost won against the Giants last week but lost. And the Cowboys, it's already been well documented, the red rifle looked awful. And the Cowboys did not try against the Cardinals and they got absolutely destroyed on late night football. Um, so I think, what is it? We'll go to Chris because the last game doesn't even count as a football game. So Chris, how we start <laughs> off here with the Cowboys and Washington? Yeah, honestly, I mean, this is this is becoming a uh, game that I just do not want to watch at all because I think Dallas, uh, while I thought they were a Super Bowl contender before or going to maybe win the Super Bowl before the season, that was with Dak Prescott, with Andy Dalton, clearly the worst quarterback in the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up taking them, but this is a team that does not have a, uh, any chance of doing anything this year, and they're basically just playing for next year. Honestly, if they don't want to pay Dak, I would not be stunned to see this team draft a quarterback in the first round. I, I'm not. It would not surprise me if they end up getting if they have a top ten pick and end up doing it. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. And Dallas had their probably worst game. Everything went wrong for them. Uh, Zeke fumbled twice. Dalton was not good, and their defense struggled as always. But they are playing Washington, and right. this should be a good uh, game for Dallas to maybe ground and pound more. And Zeke has to have a better game. He knows that, and I think he will. Yeah, a lot of get-right games here this week, now that I'm kind of looking at it. Because I think I, I was – you mentioned, Chris, you're a Teddy Bridgewater apologist. I'm kind of an Andy Dalton apologist. I mean, yeah, he, looked, he looked Horrible. awful last week. He looked awful. But I do think he, he was average um, in a good Cincinnati – offense and i do think the pieces around him in dallas they're a really really good offense um and i think this uh the, this washington game is a get right game for Andy dalton a get right game for ezekiel it sounds like he's determined to avenge the terrible monday night performance that he had um and i think he's i think they're gonna get the job done here against uh, the washington football team i do want to touch on real quick though i think dak prescott is really playing himself into a contract because <laughs> they're seeing with andy dalton how bad he is that i think mm, right. i think they're gonna pay him anything that he wants um, next up, we got two teams that had terrible um, week sixes. Uh, Green Bay, um, we all picked them to beat Tampa Bay, and they, Tampa Bay just absolutely wiped the floor with them after Green Bay got to a solid start. And Houston actually put up a really good fight against Tennessee, but ultimately fell short. So they, they didn't look too bad. Uh, but Roman, uh, you got the Cheeseheads or the Texans in this one? I was honestly about to pick um the Houston Texans because of how good they played last week and Green Bay was very uncharacteristic. But I'm going to be conservative considering that we've split on so many picks up until this point, and I'm going to go with Green Bay. And I don't want to say it, but it's going to be a, a get-right game for them too. Yeah, um, I, I kind of agree with you on that. I actually do think Houston's going to keep this game pretty close. They, they looked like the better of the two of these last week. Uh, obviously, can't, small sample size. They're not. They're obviously not the better team. Green Bay is a fantastic team. I think. Yet again, another get right game for our team. This is uh, this is the one for the Packers. I think. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay's suffered some injuries, and Aaron Rodgers looked maybe the worst he's looked in the last few years. Um, he looked really bad last week. However, um, as we've already said, this is a, uh, a get correct game um, so <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game, though, and pretty entertaining to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, we have the Seahawks, um, one of the best teams in the NFL coming off their bye week. And the Cardinals, um, we already kind of touched on it. They destroyed the Cowboys, looked really, really good. Um, their defense also looked impressive as well um, on Monday Night Football. So, Chris, uh, I know you're a Cardinals fan. Do you think they pull off the upset here against the Seahawks, or do you think Russell Wilson and company get the job done? Oh, man, this is this is an absolute – this is such a tough decision for me. I guess I'm going to be boring and take the Seahawks. I really want to go with the Cardinals in this one, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks and just be just be really shocked. I think it's going to be a really good game, though. It is in Arizona. That gives them the advantage there as well, and they looked really good. Seattle's coming off the bye. Uh, their offense looks potent. I think they get the job done. 
Yeah, there's certainly a formula for uh, Arizona to win. We kind of saw Minnesota barely barely lose against them a couple weeks ago. But I'm going to go with uh, Seattle as well. They just have the better better team overall and an MVP quarterback. I think there's going to be a lot of points put up in this game, and I do think Arizona is going to keep it close because they do have the better defense between them and Seattle. Um, however, uh, I think Russell Wilson and the Seattle offense is better than Kyler Murray and the Arizona offense. I haven't loved what I've seen from Murray this year, um, so I think Seattle is going to, I'm going to be boring as well. I think Seattle is ultimately going to win this game. Um, next up, another boring game for the most part, uh, Kansas City and Denver. Um, Denver is just Denver, – Denver's coming off a win, a very surprising win against the Patriots last week, and the Chiefs are coming off a pretty convincing – I know the scoreboard looked a little bit closer than the game actually was, um, but a convincing win over the Bills. Um, it's probably going to be chalk again here, um, but Roman, how would you start us off? Yeah, you, you can't beat Kansas City with just field goals, so I do think uh, Kansas City will win this game pretty heavily. Yeah, this is a game that Kansas City will win without question, in my opinion, I think. The Broncos stink. It's going to be fun to watch the Le'Veon Bell show start this week, though. I'm going to. I'm interested to see how involved he is getting in the offense. Denver's defense isn't awful, though. So it's I, not. Kansas, but... Kansas City's offense has not looked as good as it has in the past. So I, I do. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it could be a, a 10 to 14 point game, which I guess is not super close. In the NFL. But it's not a blowout. Two scores is not a blowout. It's, it's reasonably close. A blowout is at least 20 points, 17 to 20 points in my opinion. So I think they're going to keep it close, make things interesting. It wouldn't surprise me if this game is close at halftime and Kansas City pulls away in the second half. Um, next up, though, we got the Niners and the Patriots. Um, San Francisco uh, coming off a win, a convincing win on Sunday Night Football against the Rams. Pretty surprising, as a matter of fact. And the Patriots coming off a equally surprising loss to the Broncos that we just mentioned, who didn't even score a touchdown, just scored a bunch of field goals. Um, so, Chris, do you think the Niners carry the momentum, or do you think this is yet another get-right game for the Patriots? Uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers in this one. I think even though it's in it's in Gillette, in New England, I think uh, the 49ers looked really good last week. Their running game, it was it, even without Mostert this week, I think they're going to – they're going to be able to run the football. Their offense looked a lot better. Jimmy G looked good. Debo looked pretty healthy as well. Defense also looked pretty good. So I think uh, San Fran looking to keep the momentum. I'm going to pick them in this one. And what I expect to be, it's going to be kind of a boring game in terms of offensive output, but I think it's going to be a fun game to watch because it's going to be a, a real defensive slugfest. I'm not really sure what to make of this 49ers team. I know a couple weeks ago we were completely out on them. I know Drew said you weren't, they weren't going to make the division or make the playoffs just because of all the injuries they had. But then they just kind of got a win against a good Rams team last week, and I'll, I do kind of credit the you know the, the division rivalry. They kind of sneak wins out against each other all the time. But I think I'm gonna go with New England here. I think they just have the better coaching, and I know they gotta stop Kittle first and foremost before they can do anything else. And Newton knows he has to have a better game, as I mentioned a couple times before. So I think he does that. Yeah, this is this is by far I think the toughest game to pick um, of the games. Maybe Detroit, Atlanta, maybe Chicago, LA that we're talking about here in a second was a little bit more difficult. Um, but this is a really tough game. Ultimately, I think I'm going to go with you, Roman, and pick the Patriots for a couple reasons. First, uh, Bill Belichick, he always does this thing where he talks about how great an opposing player is, and he just absolutely shuts him down. He did it last time when they played the Raiders against Darren Waller, talked about how he's the greatest tight end he's ever seen in his life, and then just absolutely locked him down. He's doing the same thing this week with George Kittle, and as a George Kittle fantasy owner, I'm very concerned. And <laughs> also, um, there's the Jimmy G on the San Francisco 49ers. He's their, obviously their quarterback. Used to be right. in New England. I think Bill Belichick will know how to um, – lock him down. We already kind of seen in the past that Jimmy G is not that great of a quarterback when kind of faced with any sort of pressure or anything like that. And I think Belichick finds a way to lock him down and New England is able to squeak out a victory here in this game. Um, next up, though, we'll jump into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Las Vegas Raiders. Tampa Bay um, avenged their awful Thursday night loss where Tom Brady forgot what down it was um, against the Bears with a very convincing, dominating victory over the Packers. Um, and then the Raiders are coming off the bye and trying to, uh, trying to, I think, yeah, they went two in a row because they last time they beat the Kansas City Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Um, but I think Roman, you're starting us off here. Uh, we got the, who do you got, the Bucks or the Raiders? I don't, I don't think Tampa's win last week was a fluke. I think it's what we can see at their, at the very best. 
um, level. And I'm going to go with Tampa Bay again because they're just really dominant and they, they use pretty much, they won on all facets of the game. Defense, they had a, a couple interceptions, won a pick six. The run game was good. And then Brady had a, a, a good game as well and even got Gronk involved for the first time in, in a while. So um, if they do that again, they should win pretty easily. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said pretty much there. Uh, this is this game is in the Death Star in Las Vegas. I think it's going to be a game to watch on Sunday night. I'm excited to watch both these teams. I feel like both these teams have not been in a primetime game in a very long time. I mean, the Raiders play on Monday night every once in a while, but it'll be fun to watch. I feel like it's been a really long time, I guess, since Sunday night football. I've seen either one of these teams in it. But uh, uh, it's going to be a good game, I think. I think Tampa Bay squeaks out a victory. Yeah, Tampa's defense looks really, really good. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of the best units in the league, I think it's safe to say. Um, and the offense, I think, still could take an extra level with uh, Evans and Godwin getting healthier and healthier. And Gronk looked really good last week as well. And I do think this is kind of an interesting layer to this game because Tom Brady reportedly almost went to the Raiders instead of the Buccaneers. Um, so I think we can kind of see maybe whether or not he made the right decision choosing the Bucs or the Raiders. I think right. it's safe to say that he made the right choice picking Tampa Bay. Uh, but we'll final, uh, end it off here with the final matchup for this week, uh, the Bears and the Rams. The Bears pulled off another narrow victory over the Panthers last week, are somehow sitting at 5-1. and one. What? Uh, I know. I know. Chris loves the Bears, but uh, I don't think anyone thought that they were going to be five and one at this point. And the Rams, we already kind of touched on it, coming off a really disappointing loss to the probable or still undermanned 49ers. A lot of people thought, including us, that they would easily win that game, and they ended up losing it. So, um, Chris, how about you finish this off here? Do you think it's another yet another get right game for the Rams, or do you think the Chicago train keeps on rolling? And not every team can be a get right game. I'm taking the I'm taking the Bears. I mean. Why not keep rolling with this train? I keep picking the Bears. They keep winning me games over Roman mostly because he usually picks against the Bears because he dislikes them. I'm not a Bears fan, but this team, I, I am a I'm a believer that maybe they're not a five and one team, but this is a good team, a playoff level team. And the Rams have looked have really shown that they may not be a true real contender for anything, even after a couple nice weeks to start the year. They looked absolutely terrible last one of the least impressive performances I've seen by a team. They didn't put up a fight against the Niners in that game. So I'm going with Chicago. The worst part about this is that I know uh, Chicago is a massive fraud, and I, I've been saying it every week, but they're going to have to play most likely the winner of the NFC East or in, in their first playoff game, and they're probably going to win that too, making me look bad. But trust me, I don't think they're as good as a 5-1 and one team should be. I will take the Rams, and uh, they need a win, and Chicago needs to be exposed. Um, I'll be honest. So I have the Rams written down in my notes here. I was going to pick them. But Chris, you made an incredible case for the Bears. And I'm going to do the ultimate tilt here. And I'm going to pick the Bears. Yeah. Um, Nick Foles had maybe one of my favorite quotes of the year so far where he said, would you rather uh, lose pretty or win ugly? I'd rather win ugly or whatever he said in his post-game press comments. I really like that. That really resonated with me. I feel like that just shows the mentality of this team. They're going to win ugly. And then they're going to do enough on the offensive side. It's going to be a just slugfest, a twenty, you know, a seventeen to fourteen win for the Bears on Monday Night Football. Is not going to be the most entertaining or uh, or pretty uh, Monday Night Football game. But as Nick Foles said, he likes to win ugly, and that's what they're going to do here against the Rams. Um, so yeah, that's those are the picks. Um, I did pick somebody um, different than you guys from the Titans, but everything else was pretty chalk. There's, there's going to be a there's going to be a major shakeup in the standings next week. We split on quite a bit of those picks. And don't worry, Roman will fall even further behind me. No, 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 no. There's a lot of um, difference between us for sure. It's going to be interesting. Since uh, since Roman is currently in last for the picks, um, how about you start us off here with our fantasy faves for the week? Oh, oh wow, thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with the wide receiver, uh, T. Higgins. Quite Come a hot, on, bro. Quite a, Are you serious? <laughs> quite a favorable uh, waiver wire pickup this week. We're seeing John Brown requested, uh, John Ross rather request a trade. Uh, AJ Green's probably out the door as well, and I think they're actually he's actually establishing quite a nice connection with Joe Burrow. And I think that continues um, this week against Cleveland. <sighs> yeah, okay, I agree. He was one of my picks. He was my first pick of the week. Um, I agree with everything you just said, and now I have to look up and find another pick. Chris, you can take it away. Yeah, uh, Higgins probably a wide receiver too this week, uh, taking it on the Cleveland. Poor, porous secondary, and he, he should have a pretty solid game there for sure. A guy, and I picked Cincinnati to win. I could see him scoring one of those, that game-winning touchdown that I need for my to get further ahead of Roman in the standings. 
matchup. But I guess I'll go into my next pick. Honestly, this week was really hard for the starts of the week for me because I was it was basically just picking between ugly names that I didn't want to pick and I didn't want to go chalk with a pick. So I'm going to take a guy that's been pretty consistent throughout the season. Uh, he he kind of lit this team up earlier in the year already. It's Jameson Crowder for the New York Jets. Can't believe I'm recommending a Jets player, but he has looked I mean, last week it was a little bit of a down week. It was seven for like 48. It's not horrible. I'm not going to crush you. But the other three weeks, he's gotten over 100 yards and a touchdown in two of those three games. He missed he missed a couple games. But other than that, he's been pretty good for fantasy. I think he's a wide receiver, too, in this matchup against the Bills. They allow a ton of points. This is a team that should be trailing. And Joe Flacco, while he absolutely horribly sucks, an atrocious quarterback, I think that uh, – he hyper targets Crowder like basically every quarterback that ever has played for the New York Jets. They they love the target Crowder. He gets open. I think he's going to get 70, 80 yards. Maybe he gets in the end zone as well. Good wide receiver two play. This this pick doesn't get my stamp of approval, but if obviously you're recommending it, then it obviously has to be a good pick, right? Oh yeah, absolutely does. I mean, you've seen my record. Uh, you've seen what I what I do. Uh, it's just. <laughs> And again, it's not Adrian Peterson. That's 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 for sure. And he that that's at the ultimate start of the week. I do like the pick though, because Crowder. I mean, it, it gets underlooked because right. of how bad the Jets are. He has been a really good fantasy option for them, um, for anybody, yeah, honestly. He has. I, I get oh. it's the Jets. I get he. I get he has a stink there, and I didn't want to go super chalk with a player. So it's a guy that's kind of under the radar. And there's a lot of teams on by me. You got Minnesota, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Miami. Those are there's some fantasy options there that you need to replace. Crowder is the perfect guy to do that. Um, so I'm gonna start out. This is, this is gonna be my second pick, um, but Higgins was already stolen away from me by Roman. Um, and it's you mentioned Chris. Uh, we're not taking uh, we're not taking Adrian Peterson this week, but I'm gonna go with the other member of the Detroit backfield, and that's DeAndre Swift. Um, he had a monster week last week uh, for 27 points um, against the Lowly Jags. He gets another enticing matchup this week against the Falcons, who currently rank 23rd. Um, against running backs in terms of fantasy points. Um, and I think uh, Matt Patricia has proven he doesn't make the smart decisions as a coach. Um, however, I think that after seeing what Swift did um, last week against the Jags, I think he's going to have another big week this week. Yeah, I, I like the pick. Uh, Swift is a guy, he definitely has some risk, but with the all the teams on by, you may need to start him. I'd feel comfortable starting him as more of like a flex option with a lot of upside because he could easily get like six or seven touches and then you're just absolutely devastated. But if he's anything like he was last week, if he's 70% of what he was last week, you're going to be absolutely thrilled with that. And he's going to produce high end RB two numbers. If he can get, he's got the upside to be a high end RB two, but he also has the downside of getting five points. So it's a good, it's a good pick. It's kind of in the, maybe not exactly in the, the safety of Jameson Crowder, but kind of in that tier where it's a guy that you may, may have to start, but I would feel decent about it, at least. Yeah, it's an exciting play for sure, considering what he did last week, and you kind of hope he has that increase in uh, shares. Right. Um, obviously, I'm not, I'm not going to pick Peterson this week, though, but normally you see Peterson have a good first drive of the game, and then it's pretty much all swift from there, and I do expect kind of the same thing, but with even more swift uh, sprinkled in, so I think it's a good pick. Yep. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm gonna jump into my. We'll do the snake again. So I'll jump into my next pick here. Um, so I also I, I have some backups here that I listed. Um, I like Devin Singletary against the Jets. I like Todd Gurley against the Lions. Um, however, I'm gonna go with um, a guy who I've tended to be a little bit lower on than most other people. Um, but I think he's got a really good matchup. He's coming off a monster week against the Packers, and that's Ronald Jones um, against the Raiders, who are currently the second worst. Mm-hmm team um against uh in terms of running back fantasy points they rank 31st i think the only team they're behind is the of course the new york jets um i think rojo even if i know leonard fournette might come back this week um i think rojo though and he's kind of proven that he is the lead back in that backfield bruce arian seems to really like him tom brady seems to be trusting him more and more um, and i think he's due for another big week here against the uh not great raiders defense yeah, Rojo is a uh, – he's definitely an RB2 for me again this week, even with Fournette coming back. Uh, he's established himself as a very solid piece for this offense, a guy that they they kind of have relied upon in the last few weeks. I mean, he's had over 100 yards in three straight weeks. I believe he's the, the first Bucks player to do that in an extremely long time, I believe, for three weeks in a row. But he, he's been exceptional, and I'm, I'm assuming he keeps the train rolling. RB2 for me there. Just got to catch a couple passes. 
Yeah, he's the clear workhorse to me, and I think every every game from now on, he he always has that two touchdown potential. Um, so if he can get that again and hit, that'd be an excellent pick. Yeah, a couple more weeks like this from him, and he is going to be entering. I mean, he's already in must start territory, but this is this is a borderline RB one at this point this year. I mean, he I believe he's the RB twelve on the season. Uh, he's right there, but he's still not really kind of considered that. I'd say if he gets a couple more big weeks, he he's up there with the fantasy elite running backs at least for this season, and he's he's really really broken out. I would say, but uh, I have a, a running back. It's kind of building off your Swift pick a little bit because it's. Uh, Swift gashed this defense last year. It's against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Justin Jackson for me. Uh, not the prettiest selection in the world because he's, I mean, he's not a big name, but Austin Eckler is still out with the injury. Joshua Kelly is absolutely trash at football. Uh, Justin Jackson last week against the Saints, he had 15 carries over 70 yards, also caught five passes. So uh, he was pretty solid in that week, especially for a PPR format. I mean, 14 points is not bad at all. Uh, like I said, in a week where Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Mark Ingram, and Miles Gaskin all on by, and also some injuries of Miles Sanders and potentially Joe Mixon, Jackson's a guy that you can get in your lineup and start with the safety of a flex. Kind of a similar pick to Jameson Crowder for me. I think he's going to have nice safety this week with a little bit of upside. I think he could definitely get in the end zone against Jacksonville's poorest run defense. Uh, normally it would just be a safe flex, but I think when you take on a defense like this, he has the upside to score like Swift did twice. Yeah, I think I think there's points to be had in this game, and we saw right. what our run game did. So I, I, you can expect the same thing with the Chargers. I like the pick. I uh, I traded away Josh Kelly because he's not good at football, as you mentioned, Chris, um, on my actual fantasy team. And I know you're actually starting Justin Jackson this week, so you're putting your money where your mouth is. I respect that, and I think Jackson is going to have a big week. Maybe similar to how Swift did last week against the Jaguars. Maybe not 27 points, but I think he's going to get you some solid output. Um, probably not just for this right. week, though, but at least until Eckler is uh, is, is still on the injured right. list. I think he could, be, he could be a solid back there for you for a while. Um, maybe a guy you could potentially sell high on as well and get something get something good in return. Um, but yeah, Roman, how about you finish it off here with your final fantasy pick? Yeah, so last week I went back to the Adrian Peterson well, and it worked out for me. Um, but I'm going to take a shot on another Lions player that's not Swift. Uh, I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. Had a touchdown last week. He's playing. Atlanta gives up the second most points to the tight end position, so I think there's points to be had there. Um, Stafford's getting in his groove a little bit. He's targeting a bunch of wide, uh, receivers and tight ends. And especially with Atlanta, that you can run the score up. You can. It'll probably be a high-scoring game because they have a good offense as well. So I do think Hawkinson will get targeted quite a bit and have a touchdown or two. I like to pick um, Hawkinson. He's a guy that Stafford likes to target in the end zone. Um, he seems like he's getting more and more confidence in throwing the ball to Hawkinson. So I think he is a he's a solid tight end. I know people are still kind of disappointed, at least in Detroit, with the overall output because we took him with a top 10 pick. And I understand that. Um, but I honestly, I've kind of liked what I've seen with Hawkinson um, so yeah. far this season. He's, he's, he's a good player. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Hawkinson, is like he, he's looked good in real life this year. I mean, I still didn't like the pick just because it's the tight end. It doesn't really – he'd have to be George Kittle right now for me to actually – enjoy the pick. He hasn't been quite that. He's been solid though, I would say. Him and both him and Fant are kind of developing similarly. I think they've both improved from year one to year two. But uh, I like the pick. I think he is a mid tier tight end one this week against a uh Atlanta defense that's absolutely trash. Uh he doesn't have quite a upside because he's not a big time volume play and he really hasn't been getting a ton of yards. But I think he can get in the end zone this one, catch maybe five passes for 40 yards and a touchdown. Easily get you about 13, 14 points. 10-ish in, in a non-PPR format. So I, I do like the pick there. Definitely an interesting one. I thought about picking Jimmy Graham for mine as well because because of how bad the Rams did against George Kittle last week. But I no, I'm good. It's similar, though. I think he, he will be a, a similar level tight end, I guess. Sorry to interrupt you, Drew, but there's just one topic I kind of want to bring up just before we end, end the show today. I know you're wearing the jersey, so I thought I'd have to talk about it. Uh, Antonio Brown currently serving his eight-game suspension. He'll be back quite soon. So do you think there's any teams that could sign him? I know there's a couple of teams that are very riddled at wide receiver position, so do you think it gets picked up right away? Uh, I mean... In Baltimore, right? That's the hot team. That was the big rumor from a few months ago that Baltimore was going to be the ones that were the most in on him. Um, I can see him going there, especially because the Ravens haven't looked as good as they, they did last year. Maybe they need a little more juice, get some Antonio Brown there. Um, I mean, I think the obvious choice is Philadelphia. I think that would be an obvious – that that's just set up for just an absolute dumpster fire and destruction because I feel like you're putting a hot – 
hostile personality with into a hostile organization that's the fan base is already just ticked off at their team. And then you put Antonio Brown in that situation. I feel like that's not going to end well. Um, so I, I would probably say Baltimore is probably the pick that I like the most. But I don't know. How, what do you think, Chris? I, I like Philly, man. I mean, if you, if you name a receiver that's either in trade rumor or on the free agent market, Philly is the ultimate destination for them. I mean, this is a team that's been absolutely decimated by injuries. Alshon Jeffrey is probably washed. Deshaun Jackson's probably washed. I mean, they're they're bringing out their. I mean, right now they're relying on a wide receiver one that. Uh, I mean, he's been cut from multiple teams. I mean, the Lions. That doesn't really say much. It's a trash organization that we apparently cut talent from. Uh, Antonio Brown signs in and becomes immediately the alpha. I expect. I actually expect him to sign with Philly at some point this year. I'm not saying it won't go miserably wrong because it definitely could. But AB, if he wants to play football, this is the best place for him to potentially have volume because I, you know, Carson Wentz is going to target him a lot. Yeah, there's there's definitely a few potential destinations, and I just want to bring it up in case we have to go back to this topic once he gets signed in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it definitely might happen. I could also see a world where he just doesn't get signed though, too. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Where teams just don't want to touch um, him and all his baggage and everything that's going on with him. So um, it'll definitely be interesting to see though what happens there. With that, um, but uh, that's it for this episode. Unless anyone has anything else that they want to add, um, again, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod. Uh, you can also search us on Apple Podcasts. Um, and also make sure you drop a comment down below about any of the topics, whether it be Antonio Brown, Tua, Fitzpatrick rumors, how the Jets suck, uh, Trevor Lawrence predictions, anything like that. Um, playoff predictions, make sure to drop a comment down below. We love reading them and, and we always respond to them as well. Um, but thanks for listening to this episode. Um, we'll see you next week. Um, yeah. Peace.